Blog Talk Radio. Here's Galchenyuk, Dantonier scores! And now it's Gallagher. Gallagher stepping in and shoots, scores! Alex Galchenyuk up with a drop, look at it, he's in the wall, waiting, scores! Well, let me see it, ladies and gentlemen, Akiyev, no, get up, yes! Oh, my stars, what a stop by Carey Price, Robin, Sidney Crosby. This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. All right, hi everybody, welcome to episode 197 of the Habs 360 Podcast for this Saturday, February 4th, 2017. My name is Chris G, and you can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. For those of you who are listening to the live broadcast, Thank you very much for joining us at an early start time as the Canadians playing a afternoon matchup, part of Super Bowl weekend. They are facing the uh, Washington Capitals this afternoon, and uh, tomorrow the Edmonton Oilers will be in uh, town. Since our last episode on the ice, Canadians only played two games. Started off on Tuesday night with a 5-2 win over the uh, Buffalo Sabres. And then uh, that was at the Bell Center. And then on Thursday night, Canadians hit the roads to face the uh, Philadelphia Flyers and well, the Flyers with a 3-1 win over the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Canadians have a record of 30-15-7, and 67 points after 52 games. In the Eastern Conference, they are fourth under first place in their division. But we'll get back to what it looks for the playoffs for the Canadians later on today's episode. As our, ep- our question of the day for today's episode is around the Canadians and the playoffs. And our question is, are the Canadians ready for the playoffs? Are they missing anything? Are they good? Are you guys confident? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. You can also let us know on the All Habs Facebook page. And in our last segment our last segment, so there will only be one last segment, we're going to open the phone line for you to give us a call and let us know your thoughts. And joining me, he's the editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. He'll be joining me for the, last, for the next 60 minutes. You can follow me on Twitter at All Habs. It's Rick Stevens. Hey, Rick. Joining you quite directly, literally, out of the sick bay. So uh, we'll see. We're going to see how this goes. Uh, but Nonetheless, glad to be here, Chris. So, you know, like they say, hockey players are, are tough, are tough athletes. Half 360 coasts are tough as well, the Warriors. They're going to gonna tough it out, and he's going to make it through the, uh, today's episode, episode 197. So let's get it started. And now it's time for this week's Winners and Losers on Hams 360. So this is the most popular segment from any podcast, Half360, the most 
informative and interactive podcast that you could find. And well, we're going to start with the informative part right now. The interactive part will come later on in today's episode, and it actually happens throughout the entire episode. So since the Canadians started out, ended the week on the bad foot, which is a loss against the Flyers, like I said, we're going to talk about that in more detail in uh, later in, on today's episode. We're going to begin with our losers of the week. And I'm going to start with mine. And, well, it's, it's Andrew Shaw, the Montreal Canadiens, for he's related around two different types of uh, losers. First, it happens in the second period with the, at the 16.46 minute mark, so there's about three minutes left in the second period. Andrew Shaw, he's along the boards, puck's not even near him, and he draws an interference penalty. So another bad penalty by Andrew Shaw. It's not the first time that we've seen him do that, and let's be honest, it probably won't be the last time that we see Andrew Shaw taking a, a bad penalty. The Flyers ended up scoring on a power play, and then we know the rest of history. The Flyers ended up winning by a score of 3-1. to one. And I'm not going to sit here and say that the that power that penalty was the reason the Canadians lost, but it's just the fact that it's not the first time that Andrew Shaw has done something um, that he's gone over the line. They started off in the preseason with, with the, uh, in his first game against the Capitals. It was a slew foot, and we've seen it throughout many games where he's gotten an extra penalty that's put his team in uh, in trouble. The coach, Michel Terrier, ended up be- benching him for the entire third period of that game. And, well, i got to say that it was deserved. It was a deserved benching. I'm sure at that point, Michel Terrier saw the way that his team was playing, and he knew that his team wasn't looking like one of those nights that they'd come back and uh, beat the uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. So he sat him out for uh, the entire period. Andrew Shaw, he leads a team with 84 penalty minutes. That's quite the number to have when you're, you know, a little bit over halfway uh, uh, through uh, uh, from the season. Yesterday, prior to the game against the uh, Washington Capitals, Michel Terrier was asked about the incident, and let's hear what he had to say. And uh, we talked about it yesterday. We're, we're moving on, and I'm sure uh, I got a good lesson. So the coach is hoping Andrew Shaw got a good lesson, and Andrew Shaw himself said that it was a bad penalty and that he shouldn't do that to his teammates. So let's see uh, how he'll react in uh, this weekend's games against the uh, Oilers and the uh, the Capitals. So before I give the opportunity to Rick to uh, comment on the situation, there's also a part, uh, I guess a part two of uh, my losers of the week. And we're not going to spend much time on it because it's a little bit outside of hockey as well. Uh, Andrew Shaw was named the Shockney's ambassador for for You Can Play. So every team for the month of February was, um, was, uh, had an ambassador assigned for that cause. And your task was promoting efforts in the community on diversity and equality and inclusion. And first, let's hear Andrew Shaw on uh, why the reason he decided to be the ambassador. Um, well, they brought it to the team, and I thought it would be a, you know, a good opportunity to, to help out. You know, um, what I went through last year. You know, I learned from it. You know, words, 
affects people um, more than you think, and you know it's something I learned. And I think with what I learned last year, I think it, it'll it's a good position for me to be in. You know, I can take what I've learned from my experiences and you know help others learn uh, you know the value of words. And for those who don't know. Uh, the incident that he's talking about was last year in the in the playoffs when he got a penalty. He he said some words that he shouldn't have towards the uh, the official. He ended up getting suspended by the league, which was a a good um, gesture, a good uh, action, I should say, from the league on that. And I guess this part of, uh, of my losers of the week is for for the haters, the people who are bashing Andrew Shaw. And this happens every time an athlete does something, tries to give back, tries to make amend. People say he's doing this for the publicity. He's doing this, uh, they say he's doing this for all the wrong reasons. But hey, like, he's just trying to help. He, he sounded sincere that he regretted what he did and he wants to make things better. So just, you know, let him do what he, what he wants. Let him help the cause. And so for those people who are hating him for, um, for being ambassador, well, you're part of my losers of the week uh, as well. So, Rick, Andrew Shaw, once again, he had that quite the week. Indeed, he did. Um, as far as his play on the ice, I, um, I thought it was quite interesting that um, uh, former Canadian Sergio Mameso uh, on the radio broadcast this week, um, and, and um, for those that don't remember Sergio, Sergio said that he, he kind of acknowledged that when, when he was uh, an NHLer, that he played a similar game to um, Andrew Shaw. And, and that's, that's broadly defined. That's, that's, that's fair. Mameso was a rugged winger who could uh, chip in offensively. And, and, and you know, that's uh, generally that's, that's Andrew Shaw. So, Sergio says he, you know, he understands the kind of role that Shaw is trying to play, but he's just not doing it. He's not, he's not carrying it off. Um, he's doing a lot of stupid things. And I thought it was quite striking that Mameso said at this point, Shaw is much more a liability than he is an asset to the Canadians. And it's just a pretty strong statement. Um, I know that people say, okay, but, ignore the, the regular season, wait till you get to the playoffs and then you're going to see the real Andrew Shaw. But, you know, you need, you need players during the season too. And at this point, the way he's, he's been going, he's going to have to have um, an MVP playoff performance to make up for the kind of season he's having. Um, so I think it's right that, that, You've chosen him for uh, your loser of the week. I think it was right for uh, Michelle Therrien. Here I go agreeing with with uh, Michelle Therrien again. Um, it was right for him to be benched um, the third period the other night. And as as Therrien said, taught him a lesson. Um, I, I just, I, I honestly, when the acquisition was made, and and particularly because uh, Bergevin made so much of the character of the player that he was acquiring in Andrew Shaw, we're not seeing. I mean, you know, granted, um, he may have that that character uh, in the dressing room, and and I'm sure he does, but we're not seeing the kind of character that's helping. Um, his team on the ice. And um, 
and for that, as you say, Andrew Shaw deserves your loser of the week. Yeah, and and also like you said, like he needs to have an MVP at the end of regular season to make up for it. Uh, I wouldn't go as that far. I think if he stops getting those uh, those dumb penalties, to me, I think he'll he'll you know he'll get back in my good books for Andrew Shaw. And I'm sure when it comes to the playoffs, he'll he'll step it up. But for now, he's putting at least those uh, question marks uh, along the way, at least in uh, in my eyes. So, Rick, why don't you tell us who your loser of the week is? My loser of the week is the Canadians' penalty kill, um, something that the Canadians have been have excelled at for years. Um, they have the the personnel. Uh, you know, uh, you, you go down the, the lineup to, to be able to um, be strong on the penalty kill. They have the goaltender. They have, they should be at the top of the league um, on the penalty kill. And they haven't been all season. Um, right now they're sitting at 22nd. They're below 80%, which is, now that's really bad. 79.2% sitting 22nd in the league. That's not the Montreal Canadiens. And if, if JJ Daniel is the, you know, is uh, managing the, the penalty kill, then, then I'm going to lump him in uh, as uh, my nominee for the loser of the week. The odd thing when you look, when you break down the, uh, the stats is that, uh, as I said, 22nd in the league, the Canadians are seventh in the league on the penalty kill at home. Uh, they're fine. 27th on the road. So that seems fixable to me. And um, I remember one of the reasons that Bergevin said that, um, or or maybe it was Tarion, uh, that they brought uh, Jacob De La Rose in was because he, he would, he would help uh, shore up the penalty kill. And, and yeah, perhaps he has it, it, no question that that De La Rose is is a very effective penalty killer, um, but it seems to me that that Tarion kind of relies on when he speaks about the power play. Um, last year, it was always okay. We we're going to get a player to help fix the power play, uh, and this year we're going to get a player to help rather than to look at the structure, to look at the formation, to look at. I, I would rather see them, them, um, you know, rather than focus on the individuals to focus on what they're doing as a unit uh, to help fix the power play or the penalty kill. Um, so for me, that's, that's something that, that has to be, that has to be fixed uh, before you get to uh, the playoffs. And, and I agree, Rick, that the, the penalty kill hasn't been uh, – it's, it's been below our expectations, below on what it needs to be for the Montreal Canadiens to be successful. And then I know uh, we were talking about the playoffs earlier and the playoffs, preparation for the playoffs, so will be a lot of our team uh, today. In the playoffs, we know the, the amount of penalties called usually goes down compared to the regular season. Do you think th- that makes it, uh, I would say, less important that the Canadians – you know, make that a priority. 
Well, but the margins are, are the, the, the winning margin is, is usually tighter so that if you're getting beat on the special teams, um, that could mean the difference of in playoff games. So um, I, I think it's, you know, you, you can cross your fingers and hope that, um, that it'll be less of a factor, but, but uh, it may just, it may just be the, the, the one goal or two goals that, that put you out in the, put you out of the first round, let's say. Um, so they, they've got it. it it's, it's fixable. So, so spend some time and get it right. Uh, Mike Vigne on Twitter, who is listening right now, he writes, the PK is far too passive. Stand around waiting to react instead of acting. Everything JJ does fails. How is he employed? So thank you for the tweet, Mike. And I'm guessing he's referring, he's referring to the power play that's also struggled in the last couple of years. And that was uh, JJ Ding's responsibility until uh, Kirk Muller was, was brought into the picture. And speaking of that, Rick, let's transition over to your winner of the week. Yeah, to to, to uh, by contrast, I'm I'm going to give the winner of the week to the power play. The power play um, has been strong all season, and uh, Kirk Muller is someone we haven't mentioned all season. And I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, nominate Kirk Muller for my winner of the week, um, specifically about the the power play. Um, the power play right now uh, at 23.2% is third in the NHL. Now that's a, that's an enormous jump from where they, where they have been um, in recent years. Um, the power play is for, for a team that struggles uh, many nights to put together offense. The, the uh, power play has, um, you know, has, has made a huge difference. Um, they're fairly consistent at home. They're actually worse, uh, which is a bit odd. Ninth, ninth in the league at home, second on the road. That's huge. Um, you know, the Canadians are often, uh, talked about, uh, as, as struggling on the road because they're a, you know, a smaller team or, uh, but, but they're, they're, they're very effective on the, on the power play. So it causes, um, the opposition to, to, uh, be a little bit more careful in, in, um, you know, not wanting to see them, t- uh, take calls. Um, and I think it was interesting that, that Shay Weber, Shay Weber talked about the power play and, and one of the reasons that it's been effective. And he said that they've been able to roll out different formations, uh, throughout the year, um, different looks and, it's, I think it's a, a different philosophy that Kirk Muller has from, um, let's say, Michelle Therrien or J.J. J. J. Daniel. We know that, that Michelle Therrien doesn't like to change a winning lineup. Um, you know, he'll go with that till a loss, and then he'll make some changes. Kirk Muller's not that guy. Um, they've changed their, their power play looks so that, you know, second time around that they're, they're, they're seeing uh, another team when, a, you know, they might've been successful against the team first game and, and uh, then they come around again and that team is prepared for power play. Look, they, they saw uh, the first time around and then Muller's changed it. Um, so uh, a, a different philosophy, the, they keep rolling out different formations. The power plays more unpredictable, good puck movement, um, 
Of course, Weber's been been strong. Now, um, uh, you know, Terrian's hand's been in the mix the last two games with with David Dearnay, um, uh, perennial killer of power plays, out on the second wave. But that aside, um, throughout the season, the power play has been effective, and and I give a lot of credit for Kirk Muller and his approach to um, the the the. the the, the strategy that he's used in rolling out the Canadians power play. And, you know, Rick, I agree as well that Kirk Muller definitely has um, a lot to do with the Canadians having a successful power play uh, this season. But where we, I think what we've disagreed in the past, and if our listeners or regulars probably know, is that you know, I think that the players that are on the team make a difference as well uh, compared to, if you compare it to last season. This year, the Canadians so far have scored 36 power play goals, and 19 of them have come from players who weren't on the roster last year. So that's a little bit over, that's whatever, 50 point something percent. There's 10 goals from Shea Weber, there's six goals from Rajalov on the power play, and then there's uh, Arturi Lekkonen with two and Andrew Shaw with, uh, with one. So those additions to me uh, also helped. I, I think Kirk Mo definitely was a huge part of it. But the addition of those players that I mentioned, especially Weber and Rajlov, definitely did have their their part as well in the Canadians having a, a more successful power play compared, especially to uh, to last season. Uh, so speaking of now, so I'll move on to uh, to my winner of uh, the week, and for me it's the the duo of uh, Max Pacioretty and Alex Rajlov. They had quite the game against the uh, Buffalo Sabers. Up ahead for Alexander Radulov. Radulov cutting in the puck already to score. Reinhardt there as well. Played it back, but it's Polino. The interception now grabbed by Dino. Right across. Puck already scores. Dancing in. He'll take it back in the net. Holds on to the puck. Radulov with a chance. Shot got blocked. Puck already scores. So we heard goals number 22 to 24 for Max Pacioretty against the Buffalo Sabres. He's on pace now to go to reach 37 goals for this season. And the way that he started off the season, ooh, he was on pace at one point to finish with like 20 if he was uh, if he was lucky. But he got another hat trick. It's a sixth hat trick since the 2011-2012 season, and the only player who has had more hat tricks than him in that period has been Tyler Sagan, who has seven. So Max Pacioretty has definitely picked it up offensively. And when, the, when Max Pacioretty scores, the team is successful. Canadians 15-1-1 one, and one when Max Pacioretty scores uh, this season. And we know Max Pacioretty ever since, I would say since December, January, he's, had the, he's been playing well. And while he was awarded with the January Molson Cup. The cup that was traditionally given to Carey Price every month, well, not this season. It's been, uh, the love has been spread, and uh, Max Pacioretty won for the month of January. And then if you look at his, uh, his right winger, Alex Radulov, he got two assists in a game against the Buffalo Sabres, uh, but even on that third goal that Max Pacioretty scores, it was Radulov who did a lot of the work around it, but because of the defense, the puck, he didn't get credit for the assist for goal number three. And Rick, 
Uh, what a week for those two guys. Well, at least what a game for those two guys against the Buffalo Sabres. And it's Alex Radulov. Every game that he plays for Montreal Canadiens, uh, more and more he's making more fans. Oh, absolutely. Uh, all those that were you know, fretting about him in, in the offseason. Well, for those people like that me. hadn't seen him in the KHL. Um, yeah, you were. That's right. Um, yeah. he's, he's, he's answered every critic and, and he's been terrific and, um, everybody he's played with has, 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 uh, been better. His enthusiasm is, uh, for the game for, is infectious. Um, so, and, yeah. And the, the combination of Radulov and Pacioretty has, has been deadly. Radulov just very creative. Um, the, the only thing I'd like to see is, um, Alex Galchenyuk now, reintegrated into to that pairing um, to get him unleashed and going. And uh, with the Canadians, you know, um, uh, we might take a, a look at it a little later, uh, struggling to, to get shots in, in their losses. Um, that I, I, I'd like to see uh, Gelchenik, um the recipient of some of that, that Radulov love as well. And we saw that uh, towards the end of the uh, last game against the Philadelphia Flyers that they did have a couple of shifts together in the third period. And at least there was no line rushes yesterday in the practice for the Montreal game, so we don't know what it will look like for today's game against the Capitals. If we do get words before the end of the podcast, we'll definitely pass along that uh, information. All right, we're going to take our first break here in the Habs 360 podcast on the other side. We've seen Nikita Nesterov play a couple of games of the Habs. We'll talk about him and more. And don't forget our question of the day. Are the Habs ready for the playoffs? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360 and also leave your comments on the All Habs Facebook page. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast featuring Okay. Because I'm going to agree with Michelle Terrian. Well, Michelle Terrian is correct. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs360 podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs 360 podcast and follow Habs 360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. 
Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. I need to play good defense, first pass, physical, and not make mistakes, and we'll see, and uh, maybe get up ice and score. Uh, we like the fact that he, he's a decent skater. Uh, he moved the puck, make a good first pass. He's capable to defend well. This is what he showed us tonight. And uh, um, that was a good first test. Playing with Andre Markov, I think, helped him for his confidence, communication. Uh, and uh, we, could, uh, we could see those two guys were talking a lot. They know each other. So for your transition with a new team, when you got guys that uh, like Markov beside you, uh, it's always helping uh, any players. Markov goes after it, comes back to Galchenyuk, over to Nesterov, scores! All right, welcome back to episode 187 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, February 4th, 2017. My name is Chris G, at Christian1980, along with Rick Stevens at All Habs on Twitter. And while we just heard Nesterov, this was prior to his first game against the Buffalo Sabres, uh, what Canadians fans should expect from him. And then we heard Michel Therrien following that game telling us his thoughts. And then on Thursday night, Nesterov scored a bullet. He scored a goal, his first in the Montreal Canadiens uniform, a, a nice slap shot. But, uh, and he was the only goal scorer for the uh, Canadians in, in that game. And I think overall, I know it's still a small sample size, but at least for the first two games, uh, he's you could tell that he has... Um, Offensive skills. I think he's showed that that you know, he's not afraid to pinch in when uh, when needed. His defensive side. I think we still need uh, a little couple more games to evaluate it. But I think at least for a small sample size, two games. But I think so far in that small sample size, he's come as he was advertised. Yeah, he's been fine. He's he's. Uh, Which is what uh, we're expecting, right? Which I was expecting. Yeah, well, well yeah, I, I, as we talked about it last week, and, and some were, were, were very enthusiastic. I think Blaine came on, and, and um, uh, Blaine, one of our, our All Habs writers, came on, and he was very enthusiastic and, and um, thought this was a, um, um, you know, a great addition. Um, I, and I took a, a bit of a wait-and-see attitude. I think... Um, and, and there were some, uh, a lot of, uh, tweets saying, oh, this is a, an absolute steal, uh, uh, by Bergevin. And, and I never thought it was a steal. Um, and I still don't think that way. I, I don't think, listen, at the start of the season, the Canadians had Tim Bozen, they had Mark Barbario, and they had a sixth round draft pick in their pocket. And right now they don't have any of those things. They have Nikita Nesterov. Is that a steal? No, of course not. You'd be silly to say it's a, a steal. But it's 
you know, if Nesterov fits um, in the puzzle that, that Bergevin is putting together, if he fits better than Barbario, okay then. I, I understand why he made the trade. Um, I, think, I think what we've seen so far, um, Nesterov, as you said, offensive, he skates well, he's got a great shot, um, a little bit, a little bit undersized, um, but but not uh, not shy about um, uh, going into the boards. Um, he, but he's he's uh, still finding his way, and I think one of the huge benefits to him and why he's looked pretty decent is he's been paired with uh, Markov, and if you get paired with Andre Markov, you're better. You're you're better automatically. Ryan O'Byrne was 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 pretty decent, right? Paired with Andre Markov, um, so you you saw Markov um, directing hand 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 signs, directing um, Nesterov at times, um, and the two have looked pretty good together. Now that the you know what what I wonder is ideally uh, see um, Markov back up on the second pairing, but because the Markov-Petrie um, combination was as solid a second pairing um, as we've seen all, all season. And in fact, um, you know, we've, there's been a lot of different combinations, but I think the best combination that we've, we've, uh, we've seen out there has been Emlyn Weber, Markov, Petrie, uh, Beaulieu, Patterson. That's that's been the best top six that we've seen. Um, now, can Nesterov uh, and Beaulieu play together? I don't, I don't know. That might be a bit of a train wreck. Um, so let's let's see how this all shakes out um, right now. So, as you said, so far so good, but but there's still some there's still some pieces and dominoes to fall. I think. Yeah, so as uh, Rick mentioned, Mark Barbario was placed on waivers to make room for uh, for Nestrov, and Barbario was claimed by the uh, Colorado Avalanche. And just like you mentioned last week, Rick, it's the second time that Nestrov takes a roster spot over Mark Barbario. So. Uh, it's probably not a good idea to invite uh, Barbario and Nestrov <laughs> at a bar <laughs> to have a couple of drinks together. I don't think Barbario would be uh, he's too happy. But for Nestrov, you know, I'm sure he'd be happy to see uh, Mark Barbario. And and like you mentioned, just to to uh, add to to his conversation. So last week we were talking about the trade for for Nestrov. There was Nestrov for at least on paper for Jonathan Racine and a sixth round draft pick. Uh, you spoke about, uh, you know, about Tim Bozon as well as, you know, through a domino effect, that's what cost him uh, as well. F- for the Tim Bozon part, I'm not uh, too, I don't know, upset or concerned about it because Tim Bozon hasn't played in the NHL yet, so we don't know if he'll ever make it in the NHL either. So it's a wait and see where Nesrov, you know, he is an NHL player. But then if you look at the trades, and for Nesterov, well, it cost Racine sixth round and Mark Barbario. Then the trade doesn't look as good as it did last week. You know, it's 
you have to say no that it doesn't look as good as it did last week, but it looks like Mark Bergevay, and it's been reported even from, uh, even he, I think it was yesterday that uh, Darren Dreger on the TSN.ca as well as wrote a piece and he writes that Canadians are all in. If he thinks that Nesterov is a piece that he needs, an upgrade over Mark Barbario to bring the Canadians to a long playoff run, then uh, go ahead. It's a, it's a good move from the Montreal Canadiens. But we'll definitely keep an eye on uh, on this play. And then we also have to keep in mind, because every time a player changes teams, we always do the comparison on how they do in a new team with how they do with, with their old team. You know, I think for that Halak trade, they will talk about for like the next, I don't know, three years, four years, the, the Halak price. But if you look at, at uh, Barbario, when he's going to head to Colorado, that's a bad team. So he's going to get more ice time. So more ice time, you know, there's going to be a bigger chance of him getting more points, more power play time, et cetera. So we'll have to be careful when uh, we uh, compare uh, the, the two players, at least for, for this season. So Barbario's going to – Barbario gets uh, his – he'll debut today against uh, when Colorado plays uh, the Jets. Um, uh, the head coach, uh, Jared Bednar, said uh, Barbario can contribute on the power play. He can be a dangerous guy offensively, moves the puck, skates really well. So I, I think he's going to get a a good shot at, at getting a fair bit of ice time in Colorado, and, and good for him. Um, um, you know, we, we wish him the best in, in Colorado. Yeah, and, and and since he got called up, like Mark Barbario, I think for his, for all of his NHL career, he's probably be like a number six, number seven defenseman. Um, I, if he's anything higher, he's probably on a bad team kind of thing. And for like a number six, number seven job, I think he did his job here with uh, with the Montreal uh, Canadiens. So so good, best of luck to Barbario. Uh, moving on now, the Canadiens this week as well. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens organization on uh, January 31st, which was uh, Tuesday, at uh, Carrefour Laval, the Montreal Canadiens announced the, well, I should say, the Laval Rocket unveiled their new logo and the new uh, ticket prices to a, um, I guess we'll call it a packed house at, uh, at Carrefour Laval. And there was mixed emotions. If you haven't seen the logo, just uh, uh, Google it. And you'll see it, it. Basically, it's an R on the Canadian's logo with uh, red, red, white, and blue. So, well, let's just say they probably didn't get too creative when it comes to the colors. I hope they didn't pay some marketing firm too much money to come up with uh, with this logo. <laughs> Rick, what size of the fence are you on the logo? Some people loved it. Some people found it plain and boring. Well, I, I have a mixed reaction. I, I, I like the look of the. Uh, the sweaters themselves, um, uh, the, uh, the colors, you knew that the colors were going to be going in. Uh, but I, I, I like the style. It's kind of a retro look. Um, the logo, as you said, there's not much imagination there. I, I think that they could have done a whole lot better on the logo itself. Um, I, I'm, I'm bothered a bit by the sleeve. Uh, it's really busy. Uh, there's... There's the player number, then there's uh, the Rockets number nine, then there's some other logos and things. It's it's uh, it's far too busy. Um, anyway, a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, like I say, I I like the look overall. I don't like the logo. 
And also at the same time, the Maval Rocket announced their uh, their ticket uh, their ticket prices, which was something that uh, people were curious to see what it would look like, and they range between fifteen to thirty dollars. So I think it's pretty affordable. So those platinum seats at the bow center, the ones where you're stuck by the window, you're paying thirty dollars for uh, for those kind of seats, and then the equivalent of the red seats, it's at uh, twenty seven dollars, and then the nosebleeds which, you know, can't be that bad. It's $15. So it's, it's Rick, it's definitely very, uh, very affordable for the Canadians. And I'm sure they did that to, to, I guess, counter some of the criticism that they get for the Montreal Canadiens tickets, which are way expensive for the average person. I think this is a way where they can attract uh, new Canadians fans. Yeah, I think so. And, and it's... Um... I mean, I I watch uh, uh, have watched all the Ice Caps games, many in per, particularly the road games in in uh, in person. I'll uh, be heading to um, Hershey this after after we're done here. Um, I'm I'll be in Hershey tonight with the AHL uh, dot report team, uh, and Hershey again tomorrow um, to uh, to to cover the Ice Caps. Um, and it's good hockey, and and it gives a chance to see um, the players who are are developing, um, you know, b- before they get so that you understand and you 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 uh, you know who they are before they arrive uh, as a as a call up. Um, so I, I I hope that uh, a lot of Canadian fans take advantage of now the close proximity being in Laval um, to get a, a close up look at at these players. Yeah, and there's always a risk now that the team is close. You're going to get a lot more media exposure, at least here in the, in the greater Montreal area. So when the Canadians have to call up a player, they're going to start criticizing, you know, why this guy won at that guy, etc. So that's going to be a whole quite uh, different dynamic that it will bring as well to the Montreal Canadiens uh, fan base. Rick, there was some coverage from the All-Star Game on the HLReport.net. So why don't you tell us more about that? Yeah, what well, the AHL uh, dot report team was um, was in Allentown, Pennsylvania last uh, weekend for the uh, AHL um, All Star festivities. There was the skills competition on Sunday and the All Star game, the classic on Monday. Uh, from the the Ice Caps, representing the Ice Caps, uh, rookie goaltender Charlie Lindgren, who's having a superb season. Uh, he was uh, selected quite early on, and and um, uh, Mark Barbario was was uh, also selected, but with the, the Canadians, he was unable to go. Last minute, uh, in fact, the night before, uh, um, they had a uh, the the league had a need and so called uh, Chris Terry who leads the um who leads the Ice Caps in scoring uh and who was I guess was up for 2 months with the, the Canadians uh so it was Chris Terry and Charlie Lindgren um star festivities and uh they were very gracious to us they gave us lots of time we interviewed them before and after the skills before and after the uh, All-Star game and all of those interviews um, are up on um, AHL.report. Um, and if you go to even to the Instagram, you'll see some uh, of AHL Report. You'll see some of the uh, the photos that were taken there as well. 
So lots of coverage and, um, and be sure to check out uh, what they had to say. Yeah, so great job on the team for, for the coverage. All right, we're going to take our final break here in the Absolute 60 podcast on the other side. Our question of the day, are the Canadians ready for the playoffs? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. You can also leave your comments on the All Habs Facebook page. And our phone lines are now open. You can tackle that question or anything Montreal Canadiens related. You can do that by calling us toll-free at 1-877-455-4945. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast, on net. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, Visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Icecaps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 Podcast. Featured on allhabs.net. I think we didn't forecheck well tonight. We didn't. Uh, we weren't really good and compact on the forecheck as we are in the other games. And, and uh, that's the key if you want to obviously have a scoring chances and play a little bit on the offense. You gotta have a good forecheck, and we didn't have that tonight. Well, yeah. I mean, we tried to get the, some offense going and uh, switch the lines. Um, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a really weird, tough game, and um, obviously we, we would uh, wanted to get more, more going, and uh, you know, a little bit more offense and uh, create a little bit more. But uh, it's one of those games, and uh, you know, we got a game on Saturday, we got to bounce back. I'd say that after we scored the first goal, we 
On n'avait pas l'attitude pour compétitionner. C'est aussi simple que ça. Right, welcome back to episode 197 of the Habs 360 podcast for the Saturday, February 4th, 2017. I'm Chris G, along with uh, Rick Stevens. And we heard from uh, Thomas Plekanec and Alex Galchenyuk following a Thursday night game against the Philadelphia Flyers in a game where the Canadians looked good for the first five minutes, I would say five, six minutes. And then it was the Philadelphia Flyers uh, for the rest of the game. The Canadians finished with a total of 16 shots, which is their lowest a shot total for the season. And we also heard from Michel Ternier in French saying that while the compete level wasn't there for uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. And I'm not sure if it's the Philadelphia because the Canadiens can out of their last 11 games in Philadelphia. And watching this game, because if you look at the standings right now in the Eastern Conference, the Montreal Canadiens, their first place, Uh, over the Ottawa Senators. And, well, there's a good chance that they finish first if uh, things continue this way. And, well, the Canadians have a chance of facing the Philadelphia Flyers in the first round of the playoffs, as the, the, the Flyers are right now one of the wildcard teams. And after watching a game like Thursday night against the Flyers, how confident can you be about the Canadians' chances against them, especially when they're going to have to go to Philadelphia to play at least, well, to play up to three games against them. So that led to our question of today's episode, are the Canadians ready for the playoffs? And, well, a lot of, we, we heard Mark Bergevin in an interview a couple of weeks ago mentioned that he was looking for a puck-moving defenseman and a, and a center and, and a second-line centerman. And, Well, was Nesterov the puck-moving defenseman that he was talking about, or is he still looking for another move? You know, only time will tell. For, in my end, what I think the Canadians need for, for a, a long playoff run, you know, ideally it would be a center, but is there hard to get? So I, but I think the Canadians need at least a, another top six forward. Like, there's no way the Canadians can go on a long playoff run They have like a Paul Byron playing on the second line. They're going to have to have an upgrade on um, on the top six when it comes to on the wing or the center. That will definitely help them. And for sure, they need to be healthy. And even if you look at the game against the Philadelphia Flyers, the Canadians were relatively healthy. The only player that, that was out is Brendan Gallagher. And when it comes... To uh, at least the way he's been producing this season, Gallagher wasn't uh, much so far this year. So it's a relatively healthy team for the Montreal Canadiens. So, Rick, let me turn this question over to you now and ask you the same thing. Do you think the Canadiens, as of right now, they're ready for the playoffs? Something, something's wrong, um, and I think it's it's more than will be fixed by adding a pl one player. Um, just quickly, if you look at The, the regulation losses in January, and we'll, we'll add in the, the Flyers game too. Um, February 2nd against Philadelphia, they lost 3-1, shots. January 26th against the Islanders, lost 3-1, 22 shots. January 19th against Pittsburgh, lost 4-1, 20 shots. January 16th against Detroit, lost 1-0, 18 shots. January 13th against Minnesota, lost 7-1, 21 shots. January 10th against Washington, lost 4-1, 23 shots. 
that's 120 shots in six games. That's 20 shots per game. And it's five goals in those six games, less than a goal a game. There's, there's, and as you said, it's, it's, they've, they've been healthier lately than they have been uh, all season. Um, so something's, something's not working. They're taking advantage of the, the teams that are supposed to be the, the, the weaker teams, uh, but they're having trouble against uh, the playoff teams. And that's, that's the part that's a bit scary because, well, those are the teams they're going to be facing in the playoffs. Um, so I, I think there's a, a structural issue and there's a personnel issue and they've got to get in the next couple of months, they've got to get both fixed before they'll be ready for the playoffs. And on the positive side of it is that we, I don't think we've seen uh carry price at his hundred percent, uh, when it comes to his performance. So if he, Definitely, that is 100%. It'll definitely be a positive for the Canadians as well. And let's go to our Twitter now to see what our followers think. Uh, first, I want to start off with a couple of tweets that uh, that I received during the Philadelphia Flyers game. Just to see how, just to tell you how uh, some people were reacting. First, a couple come from our buddy Tony in Toronto, who is a very passionate uh, half fan, I guess you could call him. He writes, "This team stinks." I hope you have some good trades coming up soon. You need an elite goal scorer, so make the move, or this year is doomed. And then he wrote, uh, the team stinks, cannot score, need Tavares or Duchenne, get rid of Dernay and Placanet. So uh, I'm sure with Dernay and Placanet, they can get players like um, Tavares and Duchenne. I'm sure the Islanders and the Avalanche are definitely knocking uh, the doors for <laughs> to, to, uh, to pick up uh, Dernay. Uh, some more tweets uh, coming in. Um, Mike, he writes, the Habs really need a, a partner for Weber. I don't think they go far in the playoffs with Emelin on the top pairing. So a, a defenseman is what uh, Mike is looking for. Uh, next tweet comes from a Todd Tomander who writes, they are close, need a true number two center, and maybe one more top four defenseman. I just really hope they don't pay Arizona's asking price for Hansel with 19 points. Don't think he's worth trading McCarron and a first-round draft pick. So that's uh, what we spoke about in the last week's episode, following a report that was uh, by Elliot Friedman, and definitely I agree with uh, Thomas that um, that's definitely a... um, a high asking price to pay for for a rental player. Uh, skills rights. I'd rather see. Sorry, that's the the wrong tweet. I was uh, reading. It's a, it's from Gino from Laval. He writes, "Hell no, the Habs are looking like a team that gets eliminated in the first round. They need help at left wing, and the name that he that Gino throws out is Langdiscog. Scott Thompson, friend of the show." He writes that uh, Duchenne comes to mind. He's been very consistent on uh, on that as as well. Rick, how does it look on the uh, Facebook page? On the All Habs Facebook page, we have uh, Jeff Walker, who says, poor coaching decisions will be the downfall of this team. Um, Evan Bullock 
I, I don't know if we're going to see a coaching change midstream here, though. Evan Bullock says, once again, excellent regular season team, but simply missing physicality and scoring behind 67 and 47 will be worn down after a round, maybe two after a physical beating. Too easy to play against. Um, Tory Fish says, well, they're leading the Atlantic Division, aren't they? They need to step up their defense, toughen up and stop with the injuries and have a consistent line that works. Um, Stephen Livingstone says, uh, first, maybe second round team. Uh, the team's too small and bad coaching are their main downfalls. They miss PK and Eller. Uh, Shea is tiring and Eller is doing a great job in Washington. All righty. Um, Ken Dias says uh, Montreal needs a couple of quality forwards, not fourth line forwards, which is what they've acquired lately. Um, Jesse Newfeld says, are they ready or competitive? Ready for playoffs? Yes. How far they'll get is another story. To be competitive for the cup, they need a second line center. Hansel or DeShane would make them a legitimate threat. Uh, and Graham Hoke said, nope, they still need a coach. <laughs> Regardless of what we ask as a question, that always comes up. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. So, so thank you very much, everybody, for your comments uh, on Facebook. We got uh, some tweets regarding to whether or not a uh, Nesterov is an upgrade to uh, Barbario uh, skills, right? I'd rather see a younger guy brought in. We no, I'm keeping the wrong tweet. All right, Matt. Matt writes from London. Writes with Nesterov's playoff experience, he has already and the ability to play multiple positions. I'd say yes. And Mike writes younger, a better passer. And uh, sorry, younger, a better passer has a better shot, better vision, all around more offensive upside, an immediate upgrade, and room to grow. Tapa fans really don't like him, though. It's only been two games. Maybe there's a side of him we haven't seen yet. So that's true. So that's why we're still, uh, you know, let's wait and see. Anthony writes, it's too early to tell. And um, Skills writes that her guess is probably will be a long-term upgrade. So thank you very much for uh, the tweet as well. Uh, Last. Yesterday, it was announced that uh, former March hockey Mike Ribeiro was placed on waivers. And while we decided to put on the Habs 360 a poll question whether or not the Canadians uh, needs should should pick up a should pick up make a waiver claim for uh, for Mike Ribeiro, at the end of the day, we know that the answer was no because Ribeiro did clear waivers. But we asked yes or no should the Canadians make a claim for him, and the answer was overwhelming overwhelmingly. Uh, no, Canadians fans don't want uh, Mike Ribeiro. And I'm just looking here for the, for the results of the poll. It was 79% of the respondents said no, and 21% of respondents said yes. We also got some uh, comments, uh, a reply to that. And for, the, for now, it's the right time to read this tweet that we got from Skills. She writes, I'd rather see a younger guy brought in. We have a lot of leaders, and I don't think off-the-ice problems are needed in the locker room. Uh, LT writes, good Lord, no freaking way. 
the natural rights, you need to add a are you freaking nuts option to the poll question. And uh, Kevin Gallagher writes, I can't believe there is five people wanting it. So, Rick, I agree with, with our followers. My vote definitely was no in that poll. What about you? Um, yeah, I'd, you'd have to be crazy. Um, uh, let's let's not forget the reason that he was dispatched out of Montreal in the first place, um, and just uh, uh, you know, it's you don't want to use the word cancer, but he was just um, uh, uh, terrible in the in the locker room, um, and uh, and caused all kinds of problems. Um, with respect to Sako Koivu, and we won't relitigate that, but uh, he's, uh, yeah, certainly not. There's, there's, there's no reason to, to even consider bringing him in. And just some, um, I guess, some breaking news from the Montreal Canadiens. It looks like Sven Andrigetto will be in the lineup, and David Dernay will be a healthy scratch. So that's just coming in based on the warm-ups. We still don't know if there's a health reason, like a flu or anything, but if we, if we do find out in the next couple of minutes, we'll, uh, we'll keep you updated. And, Rick, I'm, I'm surprised of that move. Like, we won't talk about the merit because we agree on that, but I'm surprised that uh, this move came in today. I'm, I'm surprised too. We'll we'll see if there's a, a health reason, a, a flu issue, or whatever it is. Um, uh, Darnay didn't play well um, last game. Uh, Andrew Ghetto, I think, has been looking uh, far more like an NHLer um, uh, the last month or so. Um, so good for him, and uh, and um, and for a team that's looking for uh, to be creative offensively. Nice to see him back in the lineup, if that's the way it, it shakes out. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on Hans 360. And, Rick, it's, um, you know, a, a part of a segment of the show is becoming more and, popular, more and more popular uh, every week, and it seems like every week we're getting more and more submissions for, for a bad tweet of the week. I've got plenty this week, but I'm going to make a – a last-minute audible here and change it up because uh, I think I think this one fits into what we were just talking about. Um, this came yesterday from David Pelche and from his sources. From his sources, David Pelche can confirm that Mike Ribeiro will be a Habs player tomorrow at noon. <laughs> Great to have you back, Mike. Hashtag Habs. Yeah, nice. <laughs> That's our bad tweet of the week. Yeah, and you know how it works with those um, with those kind of predictions. If you're uh, if you're right, you know you, you take a guess, and then if you're right, you make yourself look good. But you know that's okay. That's that's the wonderful world of Twitter. That's what makes Twitter what uh, what it is today. And we and we all enjoy Twitter's a fun place to be. Right, Rick, thank you very much, and well, hope you feel better soon and enjoy this weekend games. Thanks very much, um, and uh, yeah, look forward to the Canadians game this afternoon, and later on, um, as Caps versus the Hershey Bears. And also, thank you very much to everybody who who sent in their comments on Facebook, their tweets on the Habs360 account, and uh, and all of you for listening. 
next Saturday, we're back at a regular time slot, 2 p.m. Eastern, for an edition of the Hatch 360 podcast. Enjoy the weekend, enjoy the games. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.